Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God is faithful to his word. When you're faithful to his word, supernatural results take place. God's faithful. Even when we're not faithful, he's faithful. Even when our heart fails, like David said, he is the strength of my life. The strength of my life. Hallelujah. Glory. You know, those of us who've done some seasons of backsliding and detours and stupid stuff in our younger years. Yeesh. The only only good thing that came out of backsliding is front sliding. (laughs) Uh, That's true. It's true. Um, But it's also um, knowing that you have no righteousness of your own. All you got is the blood of Jesus. And Anytime the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, you, you run a First John 1, 9, you, you go to the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. And you ask for forgiveness and you correct the behavior. I've sinned. Oh, Lord, forgive me. That's what's so powerful about Psalm 51. It's like David reached into the New Testament and conveyed, he, he, said, it, he said it perfectly. A, a contrite heart you'll not despise. Um, not trying to do the sacrifices of righteousness, but a broken and contrite heart. In other words, honesty within the inner parts. And and humility. Honesty and humility walk hand in hand with honor. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. We've all got gotten off and uh you know gotten bitter. You know, fear. Now I know. Now I know what the three major contaminants of faith are, because I I operated in all of them. Fear, pride, and hypercritical, hypocritical bitterness, which is unforgiveness. One of the things that will will point blank. See a lot of a lot of the uh, causes and um um the laws of sowing and reaping in, in the New Testament. We can't sow mercy to people to receive mercy from the Lord. No, God the Father sowed Jesus for our mercy. You can't add to the work of Christ. It was perfect, and it was more than enough, and it was forever. Okay? That's why we worship at the feet of Jesus. That's why on Judgment Day, we'll put all our crowns at his feet. So thank you for your mercy. Without you, I thought we'd go to hell. Just that simple. 
So when, when the Bible talks about, you know, sowing mercy, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's really about empowering God to unction someone to sow to you what you sowed in the past. It gives God legal right to tell someone, hey, give that to this person and I'll give back, I'll give to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Uh, on, on your level, it's, you know, whatever how many times add it to it that you've given. Say you gave, uh, you sown one unit of whatever, money, time, talent, treasure, mercy, light, love. It's when you make a mistake, you're going to reap mercy from someone else. Not from the Lord. You can't do that with the Lord. It's like you can't, you know, sow towards a healing. You, you, you reap ex- what you sow. Now, there is a principle in the scriptures. Brother Hagen uh, Sr. talked about is writing your own ticket. It's like writing your own contract. If you don't specifically name this seed for this harvest, it will default to whatever you're given. If you're given money and you're believing God for um, something else, quite often this in this world, money often can buy you that, what, you, what you're wanting. So um, it's always for the, 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 the notion of whatever you sow, that should you also reap. But it's good to sow some, some, some favor, kindness. When people make mistakes, show them kindness and mercy. And that'll, that'll empower the Lord to help you when you make a mistake and you're under that really cool boss that says, oh, don't worry about it. I got you, I got you covered. I got your back. That way you can... Uh, Keep moving forward in favor. You know, you, you, I'm believing God for fire, favor, friendships, and finances for, for the next 20 years, the last two decades of, of this age. I truly believe it. I don't know when the day or the hour is. I just know we're extremely close. And this, this last decade and a half, probably, uh, it's time to buckle down and get busy with the work of the Lord. Uh, putting all my eggs in that basket because well ultimately all the stuff that we fight for and get distracted is um, from being a doers of the word is nothing it'll all burn that, that uh, beautiful house that you're being distracted from the Lord for and all the material possessions you're wanting, it's all going to go away. <laughs> you know, I've heard it said before, you know, do you believe in uh, global warming? No, I believe in global melting. <laughs> Read your Bible. A lot of this stuff is going to be all be burnt away with um, 
fervent heat, as the word, as the Bible says, fervent heat. <clears throat> so all the little precious heirlooms that you you, you know are going to be great. It's all going to go bye bye. So it's time to sow. It's time to give. It's time to be a lover of God and lover of His people and and uh, reaching out to the lost. Bring them in. Love them. Court them. Let them know. Reflect the heart of the Father to them. Because really, that's the only thing we're going to bring into the, this next um, this next age. And the degree of our faithfulness and commitment to Him and obedience to Him will be uh, will affect the next age where we're going to be at. God is a just God. He loves us. He's merciful. However, you know, there is fruit. It's not a socialistic system. <clears throat> yeah, family. We're kind of socialistic, aren't we? Well, that's my brother. That's my sister. That's my that's my my nephew, my my cousin there. Um you know, here, have a seat at the table. Why? Birthright. You know, we have a born again birthright to sit at the table with Jesus. And you you don't want to miss out on that. At least. However, <clears throat> there's fruit to bear. And that's where we sort of get into capitalism. A lot of people think, oh, everybody's just going to get everything the same. No, God does not forget your labors of righteousness. You, he had, Jesus said in the Revelation, uh, I have my reward with me. He's going to return and he will have his reward with him. When we meet him in the sky, if we're still alive during the, uh, the rapture, It's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be glorious. It's also going to be training. The the seven years that we're going to be in heaven is going to be training time. Because when Jesus returns, the the second because the rapture and the second coming are two separate events. Don't confuse the two. There's going to be a great snatching away. Probably a billion to maybe two billion believers, hopefully, um, will just disappear in the blink of an eye. You dig up their grave, it won't their 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 remains won't be there if they passed away. It's gonna be glorious. And we're gonna we're gonna be united. We're, we're the the church is the bride of Christ, and we're gonna have an awesome wedding. But it's also gonna be a glorious seven years of of a honeymoon. But at the same time, learning and training to return with Christ.
And that's going to be awesome because there's going to be a, a thousand year reign. You really believe this stuff? I do with all my heart. I do, I do, I do, I so do. <laughs> there's going to be that time in life where you, you, God has spoken to you. And, you know, nowadays that word woke is, is used for a certain political agenda. But when you, when you, when you wake up in Christ, because there, there's about people being slumbering and sleeping, there is a wake up. Um, it, it's, it's, that, that's the call of the spirit right now. Wake up. Let's get busy. Some of the foo-foo stuff that we've been distracted, even in ministry, foo-foo stuff. I'm not saying we, we can't believe God for stuff still. There's, there's still, you know, at least a decade to 15 years left. But uh, God wants us blessed, so ridiculous blessed. People demand a verdict from us. Why are you healthy, wealthy? Why are you so wise? Why, why are you so calm and peaceful and joyful during this shaking that this wor- the world will go through in this next 15 years. There's going to be a great revival and a great apostasy. And there's going to be lots of wars and a lot of, um, uh, a lot of bad stuff's going to happen. But also a lot of good stuff's going to happen. Miracles, salvation, signs and wonders and miracles to bring, to give everybody a chance to make that free will choice to receive Christ. And that's what what now I I live and die for. Because just like an Olympic, Olympic athlete we tra- they train for one big race, one big competition. For, for the gold. I'm training for that one moment to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Learning how to communicate. The five levels of training, if you're going into full-time ministry, yes, you, you know, if you're called to be a pastor, there's an anointing God gives you. No one can teach you that. The anointing will teach you as you stir your gift. But there's some general dynamics of ministry. There's servanthood, first and foremost. And servanthood is synonymous with love. You got to be a lover of people, a lover of God and lover of people, and, and let the love of God emanate through you to other people. So you want to master servanthood, master being a lover. And then there's stewardship, sets of responsibility. Are you going to be faithful to show up? So sometimes it's just as simple as showing up to church and volunteering. And, and even when you don't feel like getting up, you, you go and you show and you're there and you're always there. You're faithful. That's stewardship. And then stewardship and leadership. And, and, and you, God might give you a, a few people that, that you're just, you're overseeing. That's stewardship. Then communication from interpersonal communication skills all the way to mass communication skills. 
then administration stuff. And last but not least, executive leadership. Those five levels of training of constantly, uh, uh, it's not just, yeah, it builds one on another. But then once you go through it, you spend the rest of your life going through it. Say martial arts. You go through the white belt, the yellow, orange, green, blue, brown, black, whatever, whatever the color system is. Different schools have different colors, but um, you you go through it. You get your black belt. Then you spend the rest of your life tweaking and fine tuning. There's always a little tweak here. The, the higher up you get, and really any discipline, uh, uh, the more narrow it gets, and you start you start noticing. Oh, I didn't realize I had that ubble out. It should be tucked. I didn't realize my stance wasn't proper, so my kick wasn't as, as effective. Uh, you, you learn a, a thousand, seven hundred percent your first level of training. And then as you keep going, that, that the, it's just a little tweak here and there. Same thing in Christ. Same thing in ministry. Same thing in developing how to be an able minister of the New Testament. If you're not in full-time ministry, uh, no matter what your occupation are, you are to be preoccupied with loving God and loving people. Fellowshipping with the saints and courting sinners into the fellowship. To the revelation of Jesus, at least an opportunity to receive Jesus. So we're all called to be able ministers of the new covenant and understanding faith, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the call to repentance and faith in Jesus, repentance towards dead works, worldly or religious, and faith towards Christ. And then, of course, if they receive Jesus, then it's this awesome journey of in. Christ. Who am I in Christ? Who am I in my born-again spirit? Not my mind, will, emotions, and intellect, especially baby Christians, even older church people who fail to consistently renew their mind, sort of forget. It's like what, what James says, you're looking in a mirror and you look away and you forget who you are. That's a travesty to see. I've done it. That's how you get to backsliding. That's how you get bitter and you, you know, you stop going to church and you're doing your own thing and, you know, making all these excuses when really it is, is you just don't want to be submitted to the Lord and walk in love and forgive. Selfish ambition. I think it's what James chapter three, wherever there is selfish ambition, there's, there's uh, every evil work. Uh, in, the, in just the antithesis of that, wherever there is love and servanthood and always serving others' best interest and always considering other people more important than you, instead of every evil work, you have every good and wholesome work. That's how we... We start developing a corporate anointing towards revival, where salvations, healings, miracles, and signs and wonders, 
the book of Acts type stuff. And we can have that these next 15 years. Even Smith Wigglesworth talked about he, he, uh, he maintained, after his wife went home to be with the Lord, uh, a personal revival. Don't you want that? I do. I've spoken enough. Peace and love as you work out your own salvation. In Jesus' holy name, amen.